podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank the Dolphins Talk Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. All right, we're back for another FinFans podcast. Uh, With me tonight is Louis Ragoni. Hey, Dolphins in the offseason. Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? And Ryan Norwood. Hey there, Dolphins. Been gone a while, Ryan. Glad to have you back. Thank you. I enjoy being here with you guys. So what we're doing tonight is we're going to kind of have an open mic night. I'm going to ask a couple of questions to start off the show, and then I'm going to hand it to these guys to ask whatever they want to ask. And uh, hopefully by the end of it, we, we have a good conversation. So to start off, guys, last year, aside from the concussions, two remained healthy. Do you think he's capable of remaining healthy for 20 games? And if he does remain healthy, what is this team's ceiling in your mind as of today? So do I think he can stay healthy? No. I think uh, history has shown, you know, he's been injured pretty much every year, missed time with ribs, concussions, ankles, hips, all this stuff. I, I don't think he's going to, but say he does stay healthy. I really like what this team is doing. I think we have a couple pieces uh, still left to go get. Not a lot of draft capital to do it in, but there are rumors about some guys becoming available pretty soon. Um, So I would say if he were to stay healthy for the full season, this would be a playoff team, probably 11 or 12 wins. And I think we'd probably have our first playoff win in a couple decades. Boy, we really got right into the meat and potatoes with the very first question, didn't we? Like, this is the key to the whole season in the very first question on this, on this uh, roundtable open mic thing. So here's what I've got to say about that. Yes, I think he can. He has not proven it. He has definitely not proven it. I think there are several things he needs to do to be able to stay healthy all season. He needs to learn how to fall. The offensive line needs to stay together and get better, and he needs to learn how to not get so damn crazy when he uh, when he's under pressure. Um, and I think that if if he if he does stay healthy for the whole season, I think we're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Uh, you've seen what we did in Buffalo uh, in the playoffs last year with Skylar Thompson. We was a uh, you know if it wasn't for the clock management, we were. We were right in that game. It was a one-score game. So Mm -hmm. I think we can not only compete with anybody in our division, but I think we can compete with anybody in the league. You've seen what he was doing in this offense. Now he's got a second year in it. I do think he can. Do I think he will? That's a whole other ballgame. And I think that we're legitimate Super Bowl contenders if he does. Do you think Judo is going to help him with his issues? I do. I I do, do And if you listen to our breakdown of that, you know, we talked yep. about some things. Um, there's several reasons why I think that and if you didn't get a chance to listen, I don't know exactly what episode it is, but go back and take a listen to that. I kind of laid it out the, uh, the ways to fall and, and how that can teach you to do so. I think it'll help him a lot. Yeah. Well, he's strengthening his neck too, which mm. is important. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
he, we are Super Bowl contenders if, in fact, we get good play out of the quarterback. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, I think that Tua is what he is. You know, I mean, he can take all the judo classes he wants. <laughs> um, you know, you don't have the ability in football to predict, you know, how you're going to get hit, where you're going to get hit, and when you're going to get hit. I mean, you've got these guys coming at you. Um, you know, he's, he's small, you know, he's a small guy. He's not very quick and, you know, he has a lot of heart. So, you know, that combination is not a very good combination in the NFL. It's as simple as that. You know, he's got to understand what's at stake and it's, it's kind of a thin line that you walk when you're playing the game of football, because the one thing that irritates me more than anything is giving up on a play early and throwing the ball out of bounds or throwing yep. the ball too soon. It's a fine and line. You're right. It's, it's a real fine line, and, and it's a line that Tua has not really understood up to this point um, in his NFL career. So, you know, for those reasons, you know, I'm not so sure he's going to be able to stay healthy regardless of the fact. I think that, you know, he's a guy that works extremely hard to stay in shape and, you know, to be at his best. But, you know, again, you know, all the things that I mentioned, you know, are, are, situ- you know, are going to develop over the course of a football season. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't see him, you know, getting through a full season healthy. Now, y- your question was twofold, Mike. You know, in regard to our upside, you know, if two is healthy, um, you know, you look at our team as a whole. And the offense is basically the same offense, minus Kasicki. There's not a lot of upgrades. You know, Barrios is here now to replace Sherfield. I'm not so sure if that's, you know, if that's an uptick or not on our offense. But, um, you know, it is it is all on Tua, as I think both Daniel and Ryan mentioned. Um, you know, our season and what's at stake is 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 going to fall on his shoulders unfortunately because you know the defense i think if you look at it guys and you know we talked about you know i'm going to throw a question back at you guys real quick before mike answers the second one you look at our offense and you look at our defense and potentially you know who who has the most potential to, to be that good you know, who, what is going to be the better unit on this football team? So you guys think about that a little bit and, you know, answer that question. What side of this football has the most upside at this point? Well, with Fangio, I don't think, that, I don't think that's much of a question. I think it has to be the defense, doesn't it? As far as balance back year goes, because remember a couple of years ago, they were playing lights out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we dealt with a lot of injuries last year. So I think that's a big part of it. If the defense can stay healthy, you know, it's the same question. If can X stay healthy, can Nick Needham stay healthy, can all these guys stay healthy and well, keep well, our defense X need to have bounce back years because neither one of them had Absolutely. great seasons last year, you know. Right. Absolutely. So who has the most upside, guys, is the question. I mean, do you guys think the offense or the defense potentially? Because, I mean, you guys are saying the same thing about our guys on defense as we're talking about on Tua. You know, so with that, with that being said, who has the most upside? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the offensive side here. I think okay. we seen what Tua could do in stretches last year. We seen Waddle and Hill on pace to break, shatter 
There's a caveat to though, Daniel. We saw what he could do against bad teams. He didn't necessarily perform as well down the stretch. Yeah, there, 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 was a, there was a five-game streak where he just could not hit the broadside of a barn. Even so, we've seen the upside of this offense scoring 40 points, 30, 40 points, with Tua playing at his best. And mm-hmm. I do think our defense has a chance to be a top-10 unit. I, I absolutely do. But we've seen glimpses of what this offense could do, and I do think that as far as upside is concerned with what Mike McDaniel may have up his sleeve for year two, you know, the league has seen a lot of Vic Fangio. The league, he's going to adapt. He's adding coverages, this, that, and the other. But year two under McDaniel, I think, has a chance to be pretty damn special. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to agree with Daniel. I think it's the offense because we know what this team has, but I don't think they're done adding pieces. I think, you know, can we get another running back that can bring balance to the offense? Can we get a tight end that can block and get open and catch passes? Can we get that third wide receiver who could be there when Hill and Waddle are you know, covered down the field. Can we get an, another so offensive Cedric lineman? Wilson's not that guy, huh? I would not be surprised if he is traded and or cut. I know. You know I, I don't think so. Ideally, hopefully they can trade him, but who knows? You, you would Are hope you talking so. talking about but Mike? Jeff Wilson? Is that who you? No, who you, Cedric, Wilson. Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Wilson. Oh, Cedric Wilson. Okay. Yeah, and you had mentioned Braxton Berrios. I don't think the intent was for him to be an impact on the offense. He is a return specialist. I could see him being the fifth or sixth wide receiver and taking over the you know the return game. Because our, our special teams, our return game was not good last year. No, we all agree with that. Yeah. Not at all. Well, guys, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Fangio and you mentioned McDaniel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, Daniel, McDaniel still has to prove himself as far as I'm concerned. Because I don't think he made enough adjustments and I think he made a lot of bad decisions late in football games uh, when when the games were on the line. Now, Fangio's a veteran coordinator, right? You throw in the fact that you have so many pieces coming back. I mean, think about the injuries last year to that defense. How many guys went down? I mean, going back to Williams, Trill Williams. I it mean, was ridiculous. The yep. whole secondary is coming back. And then you talk about the additions. The linebacker, David Long Jr., uh, he's an upgrade. The safety that we picked up mm-hmm. is going to be an upgrade. You throw old Ramsey, definitely an upgrade. And depth added to that secondary. To me, potentially, this defense could very well be the best defense in football going in the next season. On mm-hmm. paper, as you look at the amount of depth in the secondary and the defensive line and the linebacking crew, um, then you go over to the offenses you guys are talking about. And, you know, we're talking about basically putting it on McDaniel's shoulders as far as coaching and to his shoulders as far as staying healthy. But when you look at the rest of the football team as a whole, as they stand right now, because I know, Daniel, you mentioned, or Ryan, one of you guys mentioned, the potential to pick up a few players. I don't know if you're going to be able to pick up the type of impact players that we are going to need, especially as a rookie. You know, you're talking about picking up a tight end or a running back. 
you know, he's got to beat out a lot of veterans in front of him to get playing time to begin with. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get that type of player in the second or third round right out of the gate. So, you know, for me, I think it's the defense. Um, you know, I think the offense, we're relying on basically two factors and, you know, hopefully bringing in a couple other guys. But otherwise, it's basically the same offensive line. You know, it's the same group of running backs and for the most part, the same group group of receivers. So, you know, you're putting an awful lot on two factors. Whereas Here's on the thing, defense, Lewis, if they ahead, can Mike. get that running game working. Yes. They did. Okay, and and really get it to be a threat. So you have to pull that safety up. Then our offense can be uh, a difference-making offense. But there was a point last year that that streak where the offense was just clicking for five or six games, however long it was. The mm-hmm. the running game did that. But I think to lose point, you know, you're saying we got to put it on McDaniel. It's true because McDaniel, if you think about it there was that game that streak of games that everything was going well everything worked and then immediately there was that streak of games where nothing worked and the offense couldn't click and that there was a change in the way that the offense would set up there was no no pre-snap motion there was no audible there was no changes there was no making defense shift so that's something McDaniel has to learn and it's going to be a growing process obviously he's you know just coming off his first year as a head coach but you're going into year two with him. You're go- two has got an offensive staff for the second year, for I think the first time in his career. So you're looking at all this. There's going to be a step forward as long as he can stay healthy. And the offense will take a step forward because of that. All right. Next question. <laughs> Do you agree with the balls to the wall approach they are taking? <laughs> yeah, I'll start what? this one. Okay. <laughs> balls to the wall, Mike. Okay. Throw it all in, man. Let's go. The balls to the wall approach. Mike, I I don't know about the balls to the wall approach. I mean, I understand the Ramsey trade, but if they had gone out and gotten the guy Uh out in Tennessee to run the football for us, (laughs) then you're talking balls to the wall. I think it's maybe one ball, not both balls up to the wall right now. It's kind of like, you know, you're putting – no, I think they have a dollar fifty left under the salary cap. They they do, Mike, but you know, I mean, regardless of that, okay, they went out <laughs> and they did get Ramsey, right? I mean, I think that, you know, on offense, you know, if you went out and somehow figured something out, you know, you just took care of a few other contracts if you could. Even, you know, doing whatever you needed to do. I think balls to the wall there, then you can make that comment. Um, you know, but right now I think that basically they, you know, they brought a lot of guys back, which, you know, I like. You know, I like consistency on the football team, but I just don't know if on the offensive side they did enough when you have to compete against some of these other offenses in the a especially in the afc um you know i think they're well aware they still have a couple of holes on offense and they have time to address those holes i'm i'm assuming they're going to do that right whether it be with draft picks or uh undrafted free agents or guys that are cut from the other teams one way or another i think they're going to fill those holes now to what success they have we'll have to see Right, and and are they going to be the type of impact player that we need on the offensive side? I don't know. I mean, I love our running backs, but 
are they potentially a guy that can just make plays that just turn games around? I just don't know if we have enough of that. You know, in regard to our running back and tight ends, you know, no, I think Mossert can can be can be that back. I, you know, he's got speed. There's no reason he can't be that back if the offensive line can, you know, clear the way for him. Well, he is what he is, Mike. I mean, he averaged almost five yards a carry yep. last year, and you know, he did have games, but he he is what he is. I mean, basically, for him, what it's he staying healthy. Last, right when he's healthy, he was what he normally is. But is he a game changer? Well, Lou, let me throw this out there, okay? This is one of the things I was going to bring up later on in the show, uh-huh. but reports have come out that the Dolphins had made calls to uh, see about Dalvin Cook. Yes. Do you think he would be an upgrade? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Without a question of a doubt. June 1st, we cut. We were already set to cut Byron Jones, and reports came out today that because they couldn't find a trade partner, Dalvin Cook might be cut on June 1st, so... There, like Mike said, there's still time. You know, if this guy becomes available and we have a chance to get him, I think that's a hundred percent an upgrade, and that can change our offense for better. Yeah, but if they cut him, you're not getting him because I believe they go through the waiver system, right? I don't believe. Or, or does he June, become a free agent and can select anybody? I'm not sure how. I'm that pretty works. But sure. Do we have the money for him, Mike? I mean, are we in the well, same? Well, we'll boat? have that's thirteen, a little over thirteen million then, plus whatever we have left now, which is you know somewhere on a, a million. And don't forget, you know, so we you'd have fourteen million, but you got to carry over money into the season and pay your draft picks. And out of that. you got to realize he's a running back. That's a position that teams are not throwing money at, and. He's, you know, it's a contract in Florida. There's no state income taxes for him to deal with. He's from Florida. So yep. there's a lot of factors that go into that. That would be fantastic, you know, but getting back to the balls to, to the wall situation, Mike, I think they well, are. Well, Lewis, doing the balls a lot. to the wall is the analogy I used because of the contracts that they've written. Yeah. These these are all high dollar two year contracts that, you know, they're going to have to get out of at some point and uh, they're going to lose some players at some point. Yes. No, I totally understand your comment. So th- that's that's why I use that question, you know, because it should they're just in a situation where they're all in now and uh Yes. You know, we'll see how it works out. Do you agree with that strategy? That's all I was asking. To the window, to the <laughs> wall. I uh I just what, wanted to what, interject. What was that? <laughs> I just, it's, uh, uh, you know, it kind of. You didn't know he writes songs? It, it rolls with it. <laughs> just roll with it, Lou. You ain't hip. Um, Mike, I can hear him singing. I don't know if he was writing a song or he was I hope he was writing it because if he was singing it, that sing wasn't something. good. The, yeah, uh, go the, what uh, were you saying? It's, it's really risky, guys. It's really, really risky. And we just went through kind of the whole conversation piece uh, that. That Ross didn't want to go all in already, you know, all the time. Um, signed a bunch of free agents, spent a bunch of money to to try to win when he needed to build the team the right way. And we have done several pieces of that, you know, trying to build the team the right way. And and it's risky because obviously Tua, right? Tua, it's it's risky. <laughs> I do uh, I do have to say that I love it though because. Damn it, I want to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. And uh, I'm ready to have a real deep push in the playoffs. So I love it. I, I hope that it pays off, but it is awfully risky. Of course it's risky. I mean, that's the NFL now. You have to go all out pretty much. 
very few teams can consistently build through the draft. But like you said, well, they you know, essentially followed the Rams model of a few years ago. You yeah. know, uh, F them picks, baby. F them picks. Yeah. Yep. But you're talking, you know, it's risky because of Tua. And that's exactly the point. You have a guy on a, you know, still on his rookie deal at quarterback. You need to go all out right now yep. and see if you can do it. And I mean, I think we have, what, three years after this with, you know, Tyreek and all these guys still on contract. So if Tua doesn't work out, he gets hurt again this year. Next year, you give up everything. You get that quarterback in the draft and you do it again. And you drop a rookie quarterback into a team that, you know, you would hope is completely built out for him to succeed. Yeah, it's funny how other teams, you know, you mentioned the Rams and they had Goff and that wasn't good enough for them. You know, they wanted, they they brought Stafford in and lo and behold, you know, they took that next step. Uh, You see what the Jets are doing with Rodgers. You know, it's interesting as to what these teams are doing. I mean, they are giving up on these young guys awfully quick. And, you know, we've yep. been down this road before with Tannehill. You they're know, not going to pay him if they're not performing at a high, high level. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it it's abundant in the NFL nowadays. It's either you produce now or, you know, we've got to move on from you. So, you know, this this to me is, you know, a big year. You know, we, we, we talked about Tua, which first question. And again, you know, I think that you know, unfortunately, you know, this season, things are going to change a lot once this season ends. If Tua doesn't perform the way, you know, we need him to. And um, if he doesn't, you know, there's there's obviously the problem at the quarterback position alone. But, you know, there's a lot of guys on this football team that aren't going to be here all that much longer. So I think, Mike, you're, you know, your balls to the wall comment is definitely, you know, it's there. There's no question about it. I just don't I just don't know if they've got enough around him and the type of quarterback he is. And that's all I was saying, you gotcha. know, the moves that they made on offense. I mean, I would have loved to have had, you know, I talk about this third leg all the time. I mean, a real serious, legitimate third receiver. I mean, a guy that just you know, past Waddle and Hill is just a guy that you really have to concern yourself with. And right now, there's not a guy on that roster, whether it be a tight end or the wide receiver position, or even, you know, you can go as far as a running back out of the backfield catching the ball. You know, they're all good, but I don't know if they're, if they're a guy that you really have to, you know, concern yourself with to a great extent. So that's all I'm saying. You know, I, I would have loved to have seen a real impact guy come in and, and just add to this offense. Cause I think Tua needs more than just those two guys. Um, well, he needs know. an outlet. Yes. Absolutely. He definitely needs an outlet because of his injury history and everything else. Right. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Ryan, you have a question? Well, my first question was going to be, you know, do we bring Dalvin Cook in? I think we've covered that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we, any, any Daniel, of us would object under the Dan, current Daniel didn't comment on that one. Yeah. Did you, Daniel? Uh, no, I didn't. I I like Dalvin. I think it would be hard for me to want to sign him to a multi-year deal. Uh, running backs are a dying commodity once they get into their second contract. It's not your it? money, Daniel. Let's go. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. I think he'd be great for a year. Uh, he's just a little bit too injury uh, prone for me. Um, I would prefer a guy like Derrick Henry. 
<laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry's also, you know, getting up there and he's taking a lot of true. hits and put a lot of miles on. A lot him. of mileage on those tires. Absolutely yeah. true. Uh, a lot of mileage on a lot of guys. He's a different kind too. of beast and I Yeah. Yes. Uh, there hasn't mm-hmm. been something that leads me to believe that Derrick Henry is going to falter. Although he will at some point. <laughs> at some point. Exactly. They, we, they Just a matter of playing point. the odds, you know. Yeah. Well, we do it all the time, Mike. Balls yeah. to the wall, Armstead, you know, it goes on and on and on. Ramsey, yep. they're all up there in age. Yeah. You know? Anyway, okay. So that's it. All right. Daniel? Gotcha. So, yeah. So we are talking about the contracts and building the team the right way. Currently, Miami has picked 51 in the second round, 84 in the third round, 197 in the sixth, and 238 in the seventh. At the end of the draft, are those the, are we going to pick four times? Or will we pick more or less? Is uh, you know, Greer going to say F them picks? Tell me what you think we're going to do and and why. <laughs> I think Greer will find the way to screw things up, and I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. I mean, you know, in regard to our drafts and stuff, I mean, you know, you do hit on occasion, but you know, I, I haven't been a big fan of his. I think that we're in the position that we're in. I think that this team really has has enough talent on it if we had a few more draft picks that were successful draft picks i think this team would be well right every there. team in the league can say that lewis mm-hmm. yeah mike i there, there's a lot there, there's a lot to be um you know and we, we've been down this road before the bottom line is is that this roster you know, the guys that are picked in the second, third, fourth rounds, you know, they, they should be filling in and doing, you know, if a guy like Gusecki walks on, you know, Hunter Long was brought in to replace him. Well, he's gone as well. And this, there's just too much of that, Mike. And, you know, we can go that back. That happened and because of the coaching change. Mm-hmm. What happened because of the coaching change? Hunter, Hunter Long, Long not leaving, yeah. Mike, Long and Gusecki. If, if, in fact, either one of them were – just dynamite football players. Well, yeah, if they They're were George Kittle, they, they would have kept them, sure. Not only Kittle, but even, you know, even to some extent, just a better football player than what they turned out to be. That's just one example, too. I mean, you I mean, know, did the they, offensive did they turn line out that way? But did they turn out that way because of poor coaching? I don't think so. I think they are what they are. I don't think that there was poor coaching in any way, shape, or form. I think that Hunter Long is what he is. I mean, Gusecki went through, what, three different head coaches here while he was here, right? I mean, yeah. you know, some some of them used him a little bit more than others, but in the end, you know, he was what he was. And I think that, you know, when we're drafting guys, I mean, you want to see more like the hunt type players that that are really solid football players on your team. And there's just too many guys that have been drafted over the last five years that are just not even part of this team anymore. You know, in any way, shape or form, we get no production out of guys. I mean, nothing. And yet we're still an incredibly competitive team. I mean, to me, it just seems like we're always like... So doesn't he deserve a little bit of credit for you being a competitive team? <sighs> Mike, you know what? I think the four of us could do just as good a job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, I mean, all four of us would have went out. I asked that for the Greer fans out there because there are some. Oh, and you know what? Yeah, he has done some good things, Mike, but, you know, at what cost? You know, I mean, you know, Armstead, all four of us would have went out and signed him. You know, well, I'll t- tell you what we wouldn't have done, Lewis. We probably wouldn't have traded Tunsil and got all that back in return. Right. 
So, I mean, he, he literally built this team off of that trade. <laughs> I, you know, listen. So, I mean, you got to give him some credit, too. I mean, look, we know about the bad picks. We know about, you know, Austin Jackson and uh, Igbenogany and, and, you know, all the other failed players. But, you know, he's done some good things as well. That's all I'm saying. Mike, what is the bottom line in regard to our football team? Have you the seen a playoff line is we're all in. Have we you were, seen a playoff win? Well, I saw a playoff appearance. Have I seen a win? I, I didn't ask you that. Have you seen a playoff I you. win? I said no. All right. And that's the bottom line here, guys. That's the bottom line. I mean, when you get... Oh, we had a rookie coach. <laughs> now, you, now, listen, we can go down a million roads to make excuses, but the bottom line is, is that talent-wise... We always seem to be, you know, a half a dozen players short, and those guys have to come out of your draft. You can go out and sign a million free agents, but at some point, you have to have guys like Hunt rather than guys like Igbenogany and Austin Jackson and the Hunter Longs, and, and it goes on and on and on. You have to have guys on your roster that fill it in, that are productive, and that are making Lewis. plays, and there's just not enough of that. If you go back through our catalog of podcasts, we're going to hear you say probably 400 times, we need impact players, right? Right. And you're, you're still saying it, even though we've got, you know, uh, Hill and, and we've got uh, Waddle, you're still saying it. We got Ramsey Mike, on defense. We, we did Xavier get Hill, Howard but at what defense. cost? But at what cost did we get him? Five draft picks. Listen, we're always playing behind the eight ball. That's all I'm saying. I mean, listen, Hill's What I'm saying player. is they went out and got impact players, which is what they needed to do. Now you're now you're going to criticize them for the way they went about doing it. You know, I, I don't know if that's fair. I, I think it's more than fair in the fact that, yes, he's put a team together. And yes, all four of us can sit here and say, yeah, wow, we're a pretty solid football team. But in the end... Are we good enough? Exactly. That's the bottom line. When it's all said and done and you look at the roster, you know, you need guys like Easy e all these type of guys that you bring in, they have to become the players that, that, that you expect them to. And there's just too few and far between, you know, there's too many that just aren't doing that, and they're high draft picks, and you need that on your roster in order to, you know, basically make that next step. And I just don't know if he's done enough in regard to that. I mean, like I said, you can sign all the free agents you want, you can make all the trades you want to pick up a guy like Hill and give up five draft picks in the process. But the bottom line is, is that you know you've got to get as good as these other teams in the AFC. And, you know, right now, until we start getting to championship games and getting to that level, you know, I think we're a failure. Now, what are you guys going to consider a second? I'll, I'll, I'll ask a question now. We'll go right into it. What do you guys think is going to be a successful season this year? I mean, getting to where we were last year? I mean, is, is, is that going to be a successful year in no, your I guys' eyes? No, I said a home eyes? playoff win is what I think. Okay. Go ahead, Daniel, Ryan. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I would say winning the division and getting a playoff win would be a successful year based off what we saw last year. But, I mean, there's caveats to that. We all, you know, injuries come into play, and that's a whole different rabbit's hole to go down. But ultimately, it is winning the division, because we've shown we can beat the Bills, and winning a playoff game. Well, I'll just say this about injuries. Everybody has them. 
everybody does. But last year, it seemed like, you know, every every body we had ended up broken by week four well, or five. Yeah. No, we had a bad year injury your wise. Yeah. But I, I think you have to be careful if you start using that as an excuse for poor team performance, because I think you got to have a solid roster. Well, and right? you've got we, to be able to overcome a lot of those injuries. And ultimately, we, you know, we went to the playoffs and we did. Yep. But, you know, when you're losing six bodies in the defensive backfield, that's one thing. If you're losing a guy here and a guy there at different right. position groups, it's a completely different totally situation. Agree. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a factor. There's no question about it. But, you know, if you look at it, Ryan, mm-hmm. as he mentioned, every team has them. I mean, lo- look at what Kansas City did. I mean, they lost. Their whole wide receiving core near the end of the season in a playoff game, and they still went on and won the Super Bowl. They traded Tyreek Hill, and they still went on and won a Super Bowl. They have a lot of really solid football players on both sides of that offense and defense, and it's amazing how they have continued to maintain on both sides. Well, they've got stability in the coaching ranks, stability up in the headquarters. Exactly. They've got a unicorn quarterback, a unicorn tight end. (laughs) They are the team that everybody should be looking to and saying, we need that. We need a coach that can be here for so many years, a quarterback that is, you know, out of this world. That's what every team wants to get to. How many Mahomes are there? Right. It's it, but it, it goes it goes be. I mean, he play he's on the field half the time. I mean, their defense has has maintained in games. They play well enough to win football games, right? I mean, you know, it's Agreed. not like Mahomes beating teams 41 to 38 like Marino used to have to do. I mean, you know, they they're playing well enough and they have for years, you know, and their offensive line does a very solid job. They run the ball decently when they have to. They don't run it often. But when they do, they run the ball well. Um, you know, it's a situation where they are consistently good. And, you know, the, the Bills, if you look at them as a whole and what they've done over the last three or four years, they've, they've become, you know, consistently good on both sides of the football. Have they taken a step back? I think they have. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they're there. You know, they're a very, very yeah, solid be football there again. team. You <laughs> know, so... You know, well, exactly. They're going to be there. So, you know, when, when we get into this situation, you know, and we start asking ourselves, you know, did we do enough to overcome these football teams and win a playoff game? You know, that, that's, that was the question that was asked. I mean, what is going to be a successful season for us? And, um, you know, my thoughts are is that you, you, you've got to, you've got to get into the deeper into the playoffs without a question of a doubt. You can't be one and done. And, you know, with the amount of veterans that we have on this football team, be happy with that. You know, it's at some point we've got to win a playoff game and we've got to build off of that. And, you know, we've got to start getting a little bit more young, young talent in here and uh, build towards the future because there's a lot of guys on this roster guys that two years from now are not going to be here i mean a lot of them i mean there's you look up and down our roster and there's going to be an excessive amount so you know we've got it we've got to go out and you know we've got to uh you know make that next step this year or else i don't think it's, it's a successful season at all you know if we get to where we did last year but i mean in order to get all of that it goes back to stability at the coaching, stability at the GM, stability all the way up. 
And when you're firing coaches every three years and you're doing this and that and, you know, well, this does that Steven- fall on the GM as well? You know, the, the, the firing of coaches? I mean, what? It- well, he hires coaches, but depending on what you read and what you see and what you listen to, Stephen Ross plays a big hand in that. And he's getting old. He wants to win a championship. He's throwing money at the team, but he is not willing to do a complete rebuild, fire everybody, start from scratch. So, but ultimately it's, if you want what you're talking about, Lou, you're going to need McDaniel to grow this year and to be the face of this team for the next 10, 15 years. And they're going to, yes, right now they've traded draft picks. They've brought in guys that won't be here in three years, but the goal is build the team success now, build through the draft. You know, going back to Daniel's original question, are we going to have these draft picks or not? I honestly think we might pick in round two and then trade our third round pick, get something in the sixth round, but try to get picks next year to start replacing these guys and right build now, the team. Ryan, we have our first and our second uh, in 2024. Mm-hmm. We forfeited the third round pick. We know why. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the fourth yeah. round pick we traded to Denver. Mm-hmm. And then we have our fifth, sixth, and seventh. So we have our first, second, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Well, if, if the ultimate goal, in this, from my point of view, if the ultimate goal is can Tua do it this year and we find out that no, he can't, I would want as many picks available next year as I right. could have. That way I can go get that top, you know, number one or number two quarterback available in the draft because next year is supposed to be a, a, a stacked quarterback class. Yep. So right. I would want that ability to go get that guy and build the team kind of like you're talking about start building through the draft. But in order to get there, we got to have a coach in his position long enough to be here when those guys are starting to hit their stride. If you're firing the coach every couple of years, these whole, all these draft classes are gone because the coach that drafted them is not here. New coaches come in, new schemes come in. These right. guys don't fit. And this players guy's like going, a sickie are sent backing. Yeah. So whether it's on Greer, whether it's on Ross, whoever it's on, the first thing we need to do is have a stable presence in, as a coach. And if that means keeping Greer on board because he works together with McDaniel and they get things going, that's I see that as a win. But it's it's stability. That's that's the answer. That's how you win. Let me ask you guys another question, okay? McDaniel, are you guys were you guys happy with his coaching performance over the course of last season um, and compare him to Gase in his first season as a Dolphin head coach and Flores as a head coach in his first season. So, you know, compare all three situations. Um, Gase, I believe, brought us to the playoffs in he year did. one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. He did, okay. and I think Flores did too, didn't he? No, Flores, no. Okay. I mean, we, he actually won more games than what That's we ever right. expected. Yeah. Right, that was the tanking but, year. But, yes, it was tanking a, year. It, but in all, it was a pretty successful first season because of the fact that we started the year with literally a roster that was absolutely pathetic. Uh, if you remember that roster. Yep. Yeah, the yeah. press was calling it the worst roster ever. Ever, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that we won five or six games this year was a miracle. In, that year was a miracle yeah. in itself. So they, they, they actually played much better, and then in year two as well. So 
my question to all you guys, and I haven't heard Daniel talk in a while, so we'll let Daniel, uh, you know, say something here. So I think he's practicing his singing on tell me. <laughs> no, he's not. I don't no. hear him. So, you know, you tell me what what you grade McDaniel out in year one as a head coach, and then compare him to our other head coaches in their first year. Uh, well, I'll say this: after after one year at Gase, you know, we had high hopes. You know, and then the thing about Gase is I, all I seen from him was screen passes. <laughs> uh, he just wasn't it, right? Every and, time I hear Gase's name, I think of tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> that too, crazy eye Gase. Um, Flores, I liked Flores a lot. You know, I liked his demeanor, um, but it, it grew really old really quickly. Um, it was the same did regurgitated. It, it did for me the same regurgitated answers to every single question. The Belichick. Um, it was the, the Belichick. Belichick. Well, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, that doesn't bother me. I didn't even pay attention to that. As far as what I think of McDaniel in year one, I give him a B, and I'm going to give him a B because of his clock management issues. I think that overall it was a really successful season, and I think the key for me is not even the fact that we had a good offense. It's not the fact that we made the playoffs. I mean, those things are keys, but it's not the key. The thing for me was going into the season, everybody and their dog outside of the people that they call two and on, right? Um, quote unquote, two and on thought that Tua was an absolute bust. He was garbage. He was uh, never going to be a good NFL quarterback. All we heard was, you know, we took two over Herbert and, and he turned to, on his head and made him successful in the offense. He showed us glimpses of something that could be great. He got us to the playoffs. I think that his demeanor, as far as being a, a player's coach, I think that his willingness to learn I think the schemes that he's come from and the tree that he's been in lend him to being more successful in the future, in my eyes, than a Gase and potentially a Flores because you see what happens with with Belichick coaching trees. They don't necessarily equate to wins. I like what I've seen out of McDaniel. Is there rooms for improvement? Absolutely. I'd be foolish if I said otherwise, but... I feel better going into year two of McDaniel than I have in quite a while. And that's saying something. If he has a replay system that works and, uh, you know, a clock management system that works and I have no problems with him. Okay. And, uh, Ryan. So I am in lockstep with Daniel pretty much word for word. The only thing I will add, the difference between McDaniel and Flores that I noticed is, when McDaniel got hired, he hired a staff of people that were well-regarded and they knew what they were coming here to do, whereas Flores, because he spent his entire career in New England, had no connections. He wasn't really able to get a lot of people. Right. And after, from year one to year two, a lot of his staff left, and there was who's going to come in. And then year two to year three, a lot of the staff left, and he stuck with, I can't hire an offensive coordinator. Now i got to name these two guys. Whereas McDaniel has connections. He knows people. He, I mean, he's able to bring Vic Fangio in to come coach the defense. He's got guys, you know, going oh, just up look the at their ranks. two demeanors. Okay. One guy's going to attract people and one guy isn't. Yeah. 
I mean, right. he, he's a player's coach. The team seems to love him. You saw him. I mean, I, I, I don't know how he's going to end up as a coach long term, but when I saw him at Tua's Luau thing before last season, right. he's up there partying. That's the coach that you want to see succeed. Right. And I agree with everything all you guys said. Where, where I have a problem with McDaniel, there's, there's a couple factors. Um, you know, his inability in game to, to change, you know, at halftime, to come out with different game plans. Because in, in second halves of games, and we were in a lot of games, guys. I mean, you know, when the offense was struggling, the defense did keep us around. Uh, the first jet game up in you know up in New York. I mean, there there was a million examples. The Minnesota game. There was one after another. Um, you know where we basically failed in the end, and I I think some of that has to fall on him. Um, secondly, discipline wise, they were absolutely horrendous last year. I mean, we went penalties. From, mm-hmm. We went from a very disciplined football team to a very undisciplined football team. As a matter of fact, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Um, you know, th- those factors and, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, we basically had the same type of game plan week in and week out. I, I don't feel that he made enough for a guy that supposedly called an offensive genius. I don't think from week to week, you know, whether we were playing one team or another, that there were enough adjustments being made in a game plan. Um, you saw a lot of the same, and I think in the end it wound up, you know, biting us in the ass, so to speak, especially down the stretch. So, you know, I think that, you know, he has to improve in, in all of those, um, situations, in all of those factors, you know, going in the next season in order for him to take the next step, because, um, you know, there were definitely issues. Uh, the clock management, you guys already talked about. That was my third factor. I mean, it, it was just horrendous. And it wasn't only in the playoff game. There were numerous occasions where, you know, whether it be the replay and not challenging or yep. just managing the clock down the stretch. Or challenging that, what you shouldn't have challenged. Exactly. I mean, listen, guys, you know, contact in, in, in practice, okay, just doesn't exist anymore. So what do you work on? You work on technique. You work on the two-minute drill. You work on the fact that you have to manage the clock. I mean, one thing about Shula-ran football teams and some of these other great coaches, and as you watch them, I mean, their two-minute drills are just insane. I mean, they, you know, they can get down the field in a matter of 30, 40 seconds. I mean, you know, that's something that you can work on consistently. And you know, they lacked in that over and over again, you know, whether it be on the offense or the defensive side of the football. So, you know, I think that all of those things he, he 110% has to improve on because last year we got by on, on talent, I think, in a lot of football games. And I think that, you know, his coaching, yes, it did bring something to the table. But in the end, once Waddle and Tyreek Hill were taken out of our game plan, you know, what did he do in those situations? And, you know, for the most part, we failed. So, you know, he's got to come up with a game plan to help Tua and stick with I'll the run running the game late in the game. Exactly, Mike. They, uh, that's what I was just going to say. Well, he's, go ahead. I've got something for you here that I think is a very underrated nugget from earlier in this offseason. And there was a very telling conversation that Mike McDaniel had about – getting rid of Matt Applebaum 
and bringing in Butch Berry on the offensive line. And one of the, the, the key point that he was talking about during that was that our offensive line coach had to go and help, or I mean, our offensive coordinator had to go help with the offensive line, which took him right. away from what he needed him to be yep. doing as an offensive uh, coordinator, right? The game planning, all of that stuff that he's going to be able to focus on now, because frankly, Matt Applebaum, while he may not be a terrible coach, he has very, very little NFL experience and none as an offensive line coach prior to last year. Butch Berry, on the other hand, has several stops in the NFL, has worked with him in San Francisco before, and has been around enough where he's not a brand new offensive line coach who's going to need Frank Smith's help, right? So having Frank Smith actually in the role of offensive coordinator is going to help a lot in those areas, not to mention the fact that we see a second-year jump from a coach which I totally expect to see. All right. That was fun. Yeah. That's it? That's it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Definitely. Great Um, to be here. Yeah. So hopefully everybody enjoyed listening out there. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, fins up. Fins Fins up. up. Fins up, Dolphins. Podcast Network.